one. Another live intro. I suppose is that like the USP of this podcast that's a little musical intro um I'll try and do some better ones but um yeah it takes a bit more setting up and usually I'm trying to do this after I finish work come straight home straight in and then I've got an hour pretty much and a bit before my wife comes in and I have to go and see her, which is what I prefer to do. And also, puts a time limit on it, otherwise I'd probably just sit here forever, just whittering on. So, yes, thank you for joining me. Hope you've all had good days, good weeks. Um, yeah, I've got a beer here. Uh, it's my Friday. Well, I'm recording this on the Friday to put it out for the next Friday. I'm trying to put them record them a bit beforehand just in case because I think for Christmas I'm going to pull it out for Christmas so the Ferguson song I'm going to put that in next week or the week after uh, just means I don't have to want Christmas Day so that's what I'm doing anyway it's not a new thing but that's what I'm doing so there we go so it's Friday got a beer um, I could do a beer 52 advert but they're not sponsoring me, so that's fine. Mm. It's sour though. Oh. Right, so I'm here today to talk about the problem with Christian music. Um, I've been really thinking about this a lot in the past week or so, and probably longer really. It's something that been on my mind and then I started listening to a podcast earlier today um, which is about the dark side of the Christian music industry and I found that really interesting and this only really scrapes the surface and it's quite um, I mean it's not really considering some of the problems which they were talking about which I could kind of see um, this is not really that hard hitting but I guess if you're picking at that, then that's something you could look into. I guess this is probably, again, I could have left this and investigated a bit more, but this is the whole point of Burblecast. It's me just getting out my thoughts. And maybe we'll come back to this. Um, I know there's, oh, I split it out because I want to do one about comedy as well, and I was going to put them together, but there was just so much I had on music. And that's kind of my primary love and so I thought we'll start with this we'll do a comedy one at some point maybe but I thought this was a good place to start but uh, that, that went to a lot more depth and it was the problems and things talked about were a lot more serious probably so this is kind of the problem with Christian music light um, but yeah, I can recommend you check that out, the dark side of the Christian music industry. Um, seems quite interesting and kind of makes me feel like um, I want to investigate that more as I've sort of been on one side in a way. 
Um, and now investigating the other side of it, I guess. So this is what we're here to talk about. So I kind of did a bit more research in thinking about this because I, I think I want to talk about it because this has kind of been my problem <laughs> for a while, really. Christian music. I think there's some really great Christian music. That is the first thing I need to say. There's some really, really amazing Christian music, which I've grown up and loved. And, um, like, there's some really great songs and anointed songs out there. And, like, I think there's so much content that can help you <clears throat> um, lead, uh, come into attitude of worship and to, that leads people in worship amazingly and like it's really similar. okay I'm going to start back so as I said in the last one, the last episode when I grew up in church the Christian music that we had was um it was just hymns and choruses. Now, I was thinking, I didn't mention this, but I was thinking about this this week, and this kind of ties in a little bit, but we went to, the first concert I went to was a Christian music concert, and it was by this guy, Don Francisco, and it was like kind of rockabilly, country sort of um, music, but, really quite good in a way I mean I was young and I got the tape I got the Don Francisco live album and listened to it quite a lot I must say um, I was also a big fan of Cliff Richard who was a Christian and my parents had his Christian albums so I kind of got to Cliff a bit so those were what I listened to basically Don Francisco and Cliff Richard were the music I listened to up until about the age of 10, 11 maybe, hold on, 1995, how old was I then? Gosh, that makes me feel really bad. So it's probably like 12 when I first listened to, or got into listening to more pop music. I mean, my parents had some pop albums which I'd listened to, but that was kind of the music I loved. I loved Cliff Richard, and I loved, kind of loved Don Francisco as well. So that's what I was into I didn't know there was anything else and then when I started at my other church that's when I realised there was kind of this modern worship sort of music that was going on and there was also bands as well so back then Delirious was still kind of doing worship the first time round and there was all Matt Redman and probably that was it really Kevin Prosh some of those lads you know and then there was the bands like Jars of Clay and DC Talk and Cardman's Call and Small Town Poets and these are like all the bands that my friends were listening to and kind of introduced me to a little bit and so that kind of opened my eyes I was like oh this is Christian music as well I mean I was into secular indie by this point as well and I went for a Europop phase as well but I really embraced 
Christian music. Like we'd go to the Christian festivals and I'd spend all my pocket money on <laughs> mainly on Christian music of like bands you'd seen there, you'd buy their CD and um you know it was quite good. And then I started to play in a band and playing a worship band too and I think got into the mechanical side of Christian music a little as well so I felt called to lead worship even as a young adult let's say I felt I was good at it I felt I had a heart for it and I think I kind of still do but it kind of I didn't really fit the mould I think that's the thing but also like the artist in me sorry to sound pretentious but like the artist in me really wanted to um, push the boundaries so we were kind of getting into heavier music and then sort of you want your worship music to be a bit like that as well and then Sonic Flood came out and that was that was a real eye-opener for me because it was like oh it's, it's kind of rocky and cool and you know it kind of ticks the box for me musically um so I kind of got into that side of it but then when I started leading worship more at church I think I want to try different things and then when I went to university and stopped and then started up again coming back was kind of a challenge because it was a different church context I've talked about that before but it was kind of people didn't really come to worship at the church it was kind of more to socialize and to have a break and so you kind of believe in leading worship and it wasn't really getting anywhere. And so I think that made me think about the purpose of worship and also made me think about how worship doesn't have to be sung. I picked up a book one year at Soul Survivor, I think, on spoken worship. And it was kind of um, a guy's book of poems and kind of his theories on worship and poetry and I think we went to a seminar on it as well so I was kind of into poetry a little bit before this anyway and then this was before I went to university and the book was good from the theory side I didn't much like the poems I didn't find them kind of transferable into a worship setting but it kind of stayed with me that idea of worship um, and sort of different ways of worship as well and then I think when I was at that church as well I, I was kind of trying to think about mm, different ways of engaging people I think that the template for worship was that you would you know, have the words up on the screen and in the background there'd be a picture of a mountain and I kind of start thinking well why is, why is there a picture of a mountain why isn't there a picture of you know the people 
I just poor people or you know it just kind of seemed like the imagery was trying to lead you somewhere and it was all the same like it wasn't trying to be creative and like I kind of felt like you know we're worshipping a god who is more than a god of mountains and green fields and trees and sunsets which is kind of what the backdrop of that is so that got me starting to think really um, by this point I kind of stopped listening to Christian music probably um, I kind of got bored of it I think I think what had happened as well was a lot of the bands that I'd liked had either disbanded or had started doing primarily worship albums so Delirious started out as worship they then went down a kind of secular Christian rock band sort of worship band route where the songs were still about faith but they weren't congregational worship songs and then they had gone back to that and it seemed like a lot of the time a lot of bands at that time had also done the same it's like Newsboys did it and I'm pretty sure Jars of Clay did it and it just seemed like there was a big there was a mass there was really a massive trend towards going to back towards that and I think by that point I was just ready to listen to some different stuff and I think it was good that these bands were getting involved in doing that um like I think Sonic Flood probably set the way for that as well I think bands probably saw I mean, I say bands, it might just even be the record companies and that's something I don't know enough about to really comment but, you know, there was definitely a trend towards that and business shifted towards that and so I was listening to other stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of an interesting time and it made me think about worship in that way and then shortly after that I moved to a different church which was kind of like a very trendy mega church and so I'd been in this like tin pot church where it was me like an 80 year old guy playing piano who to be fair gave it his all and really embraced the songs that I wanted to do and then there was like three singers and sometimes we'd have a drummer or a bassist or you know so we kind of cobbled it together and tried to make it work and then all of a sudden I was in this church where it was all really quite trendy and they had like video walls where the band were shot on stage and the camera people sort of videoing the drummer and <laughs> all these images would be on the video wall and then the um, the the words would be on top of this and I think at that time that's when um, they used to play like Hillsong DVDs in the coffee shop area so that's when I first saw Hillsongs and they played a few Hillsongs um, sort of type well, a few actual actual Hillsong songs in the, the church, in the services and stuff. And like, to be fair, it was, it was really good. 
like the production values were amazing, the band were amazing. Um, I really, I'd not really heard any Hill songs apart from you know, My Jesus, My Saviour, which we did in like the 90s. And now it was kind of like rocking, sort of worship time. And But it was just a bit too slick. And this church was a bit too slick. And I really liked some of the Hillsong songs. And a lot of them have stayed with me, to be fair, from that time. But it just kind of felt a little too slick. And also, I think they all kind of started to sound the same. I mean, that was... So that was over 10 years ago. Um, and I don't think... I don't think, okay, this is, seems like a really stupid thing to say, but I, I don't really think they've pushed much beyond what they did then. I mean, they must have an album out every year. And, I mean, they're really great albums and um, really well-produced and really amazingly written songs, like really well-crafted, congregationally accessible worship songs um, that are lifting and sort of anthemic and yeah it's, it's, it was you know they kind of cracked it Hillsong I guess and I think when I was into worship leading at my first church and went to different um, conferences and her different talks um, you kind of aspired towards that sort of sound and being able to produce something that just sounded amazing and was uplifting and was like passionate and so and then it was there and it was great but where are we now you know probably about 15 years on and has it changed? Is it any better? Or is it like this is the formula for good worship? Um, it kind of made me think that it doesn't really reflect God. And it kind of represents and draws into, into like a narrow church. Because if you don't like that type of music... Well, you can't get along with that then you're kind of excluded um like i think yeah i just i just think we don't ex worship isn't pushed we don't explore so i was listening to a lot of worship again in the last week and i was kind of listening on my amazon music just to on shuffle really on the, on their radio station for christian music and kind of a lot of it did sound the same and there was a few songs that came up which I thought were good and really got me actually to be fair but it just kind of made me feel this is so generic um, like there's some I think I always felt like Christian music wasn't that great um, then when I got into it more I think I realised there were good bands and then I think I became aware 
maybe this was at university, I became aware of like the Christian hardcore scene. So like bands like Under Oath and Thrice and As I Lay Dying, which were kind of pushing the forefront of hardcore music, but they were Christian bands. And that was kind of exciting that that was kind of happening. And it kind of felt like, yeah, it should be because just because we're Christians doesn't mean we have to be five, year, five years behind everyone else. I mean, I always... <laughs> the five years behind everyone else thing has always been in my mind. And I think it's probably stayed. I, I think it's still true, but this is... We have this with the Worldwide Message Tribe. You know, we've seen them in the 2000s and they were playing 1990s-style dance music with rap in it and you know, little cheeky raps and house beats and it was just kind of like a bit outdated and then they did one was that them or was that someone else? I think it was them they did like a fire, a prodigy style fire starter song which everyone went batshit about but it was like five or six years after Firestart came out and it was just like well it, why are we why are we trailing behind and why are we copying these bands. So I guess now, you know, the worship genre, that's carved out its own niche, I guess. That is a thing that's come, so I guess I can't really complain, but I know, I just kind of wish there was more inventiveness. Um, also, I mentioned Thrice, which are a really good band, which I like. And I heard someone mention that their singer Dustin had put out, or because he, he was a worship leader at one of the Mars Hills churches. And so they were, oh, check it, it's really good. His worship stuff's really good. So I was kind of expecting um, it to be like a bit heavier and sort of more old. But it was just really sanitized it was just him with his gravelly voice sort of singing very sanitized worship songs about fields not fields like you know rivers and streams and water and you know this kind of like a cachet of words that are used within christian songwriting especially worship and that's what um I think that's what irks me a little bit as well. So it's not just musically, it's a bit boring and sort of tamed down. It's just a bit lazy. And I think some of it is kind of, ins okay, so I'm gonna cut onto two points now. When I went to the conferences, I learned about, I think we went to a songwriting one with Matt Redman and he talked about writing a worship song was 90% perspiration and 10% inspiration. So it's kind of the idea that you might get this divine spark of an idea, but then you still have to craft the song and work at it and create something that is good and that can be accessibly accessible to people um, and that can be sung easily in a congregation and stuff like that, but it feels like those ratios aren't, are off still. I think 
maybe it should be less of <laughs> it should be less than 10% like maybe 5% because it feels like we've just got hit this sort of genre we've just hit this wall of what worship music is this is how it sounds this is how the melody is going to be this is the structure of the song this is how it's going to start this is the synth pad that we use for worship I think it's kind of a little bit manipulative as well and it doesn't express who God is and it doesn't express who we are and so it's kind of um, it's kind of bothersome to me in a way and I think that's why I kind of stepped away from being a worship leader well not in that isn't why I stepped away from being a worship leader kind of is okay so I don't have a set of experience with the Christian music industry or the worship industry so I've not been signed or anything like that we all know this it's fine I'm fine with it, it's cool. Um, but when I went, okay, so the first time I was aware of the Christian music industry, and I only remember this today listening to this other podcast, was when I went on the, start on the music course, the Christian music course, and we had a meeting where we discussed image and sort of the clothes that we were going to wear and I was sort of advised to get into like skating because um, all the everyone liked kind of skater rock at that time I think I don't know I think it was partly because it was a church plant thing and it was a way of getting to know the kids and stuff but it was just a bit like trying to mould me into something I wasn't and polish me for the sake of image, for the sake of the brand. And there was a definite brand which I was aware that I didn't fit into, like from the offset. You know, I was kind of a little bit gothy. I was into Smashing Pumpkins a lot. And I was into Depeche Mode a lot. And these guys were kind of into perky sort of pop rock um, and it just kind of made me feel like yeah this isn't what what you want and this is not what I am um, so I think that kind of made me step away from that a little bit and also I left anyway because of anxiety but then later on when I became a worship leader again I was kind of aware that I wasn't the kind of worship leader that my pastor wanted. I think he he was trying to encourage a charismatic kind of worship leader for the church. We'd rotate, we had about four worship leaders and we'd rotate on a weekly basis. And I, my way of leading worship and anything else creatively, just because it's my personality, is to um, someone's just looking up at me mind your own business is to create space so 
I really didn't like being in worship environments where the worship leader was trying to control everything. Like they'd have, you know, they'd start the the, the song off with, and this is a Bible reading that I've found, and I've had this picture from it, and now we're going to sing this, and then halfway through the song, we're like, okay, everyone, let's just raise our hands and just speak out your own prayers and you know stuff like that or I just kind of always felt like you know I'm not into that I'm not that's not who I am I'm not an extroverty guy I think they want the extrovert worship leader is um a commodity that the church desires and that is not me and I think that the way I was leading worship is different and that is good. And so my way of leading worship was kind of leaving a lot of space for people to sort of find their footing um, and to just connect with God. And it wasn't just trying to force people into it. And so I think that bothered my pastor. And I think he tried to encourage me to be different and that wasn't what I wanted to do I didn't really want to manipulate people and sort of lead worship in such a way that you know I think it was anyway we had like a half hour set of worship where we'd you know start off with happy songs and then you'd get to a more meditative song before the um before the sermon and it just feels like why do we why we can let's mix it up a bit let's see where the spirit takes us and you know just allow a bit of space and also it's if you're trying to do that you can't do that in a half hour thing i mean you will probably get onto this um but my idea would probably be like a very long sort of minimalist soundscape for worship nowadays I guess but you know we'll get onto that that's fine but I think that's I don't think that I'm alone in that I think a lot of people struggle with wanting to sing and just that kind of being led too much I think I'm definitely more aware of it now and so I don't really get into I don't really enjoy worship that much in a church context I think it's been harder as well since all this Covid stuff kicking off and you just sat at home watching church on a video screen I think that makes it feel more disengaged and I mean, to be fair, it must be hard for worship leaders to lead a congregation like that or bear that in mind because you can't judge the room. So you're basically just playing the song. But maybe that's okay. But I mean, I I don't feel I can connect to it. And there's been some really great performance videos I've seen during COVID of bands putting stuff together and videos and stuff but it's back to that thing of being at the trendy church where it's like oh this is a good production uh, but is it 
really leading you to God. Um, and like the listening to some of the worship music this week, I all the generic stuff that I listen to, which I'm kind of like hating on now, but was enjoying it and tapping my feet along and stuff. But it wasn't like lyrically getting me closer to God. Uh, the times that I felt closest to God most recently have been in times of meditation, uh, specifically doing the Jesus Prayer from the Orthodox tradition, which I think I talked about in the last podcast maybe a bit. But that's just my personality. I, I know people desperately miss being in a church and singing music. and But I think the point I'm getting to is that not everyone likes that not everyone can worship like that and also it's just a bit boring um i've come back to worship uh, the reason that i want to talk about this was the fact that i kind of still seek out worship music every now and again but i'm looking for different stuff and it's not easy to find for me so i found some good stuff recently though um, a while back I found and I, I, I don't even know if they class themselves as worship but it's Christian music and I think it's all kind of the same to be fair I mean I looked so in preparation, let's talk about this first in preparation when I was listening to um, the radio shows I'm just going to get my jacket on it's a bit cool in there yeah so when I listened to the radio shows on the Amazon Music app. I was like a lot of names that I didn't know, but they all sounded the same. And then I kind of thought, are these all top of the charts type bands? So I kind of looked at the Christian music charts. Um, I looked at the UK chart first. I've got my notes here. I'm just having a look. Um, yeah, so the UK charts was Andrea Bocelli who was an Italian opera singer and I'm pretty sure that song was like a Christmas song I think this time of year all the Christmas songs sneak into the Christian charts maybe so after that I kind of um, kind of ignored the Christmas aspects um, then we had NF who's a US rapper which is fine it's not my area so I can't really talk about that Ren Collective who are fine um, I'm alright with them probably it's not again it's not okay Ren Collective actually at least they're trying something different they've done the whole trying to be the Lumineers sort of Mumford and Sons kind of thing and I think that's good you know they're trying something different but still a lot of their some of their songs kind of still moving towards being generically worship genre so fair enough that's okay um, Skillet I mean they've been going yonks and they're fine they're like DC talk for the kids today and I really like some of the songs to be fair but it's not okay <laughs> they're fine they're fine but they're not tall they're not Muse 
They're not... I'm trying to think of the bands I like now. I can't think off the top of my head. This is really bad, isn't it? <laughs> Tool and Muse. The Not Churches. You know, these are all bands that I think make interesting, fun music. Um, and different genres. It doesn't have to all be heavy. Uh, they're not Killswitch Engage. Although they are well, kind of Christians, so I'm not sure. They're not Sigur Ross. They're not... You know, there's so many bands that they're not, and they're fine, but they're not. They're just rock, and that's fine, but they're not doing anything groundbreaking. And we've got Hill Songs, um, Lauren Daigle, which is like she sounded like a US version of Adele. Again, it's good that there's something a bit different, but then I think some of her stuff was like generic Christian music as well. Then there was Sovereign Grace music, which was another Hillsong sound alike. And there's so many of them. There's so many Hillsong alikes. I mean, throw a rock in the air and hit one. Um, the US one was different, but. Um, yeah, kind of, again, just kind of fine. They had Mercy Me, who, you know, they were knocking around in the mid-90s and just kind of country. I mean, I think, right, why does... There's probably American people listening. Why, why is Christian music in America primarily country music? Hey, why is that? I don't know. Um, so... Mercy Me, King and Country, which is kind of Aussie pop, it's fine. Um, Matthew West, sounded like King and Country and Hillsong, fine, again. Um, we the Kingdom, which is kind of country-ish, fine. Um, Corey Asbury, who's a member of Bethel, another country one, it's fine. And Bethel again, they're kind of a Hillsong alike. Um, Andrew Rip. Pop, fine. Torrin Wells, kind of clean pop, fine. Really clean cut pop. Um, Josh Baldwin, generic country pop rock. It was fine. Then there was elevation music, like Hill Songs. Chris Tomlin, sounds like Hill Songs. Lauren Daigle, sounds like US Adele, that's fine. But it's just, where's all the bands who are pushing the boundaries? Where are the bands who are exploring the depth of who God is? I mean, there's so many of these bands, but as I say, they're using the same cachet of lyrics and words and imagery. Um, so this was what I was trying to get away from and I've got more into it but what kind of brought me back to this thought and conversation was looking up trying to find heavy metal worship bands or like specifically post hardcore bands because I always thought that um, that would really lend itself to a worship context and it's not something I can do because I'm just a little alt rock indie kid and I can't I can't do like the hardcore vocals 
and I can't, I'm not a good enough guitarist and I can't do, I don't know any drummers who are good enough. So even though I'd love to do that, it's not something that I can do. So I have to rely on other people to do that. And so I was looking around trying to find that and I found um, this one band called Where Fire May Fail, which I think is a great name by the way. And they have this um, sort of hardcore version of Oceans by Hill Songs, which I think is a great song and I love that I love that song. But their version was just uh it was just so good to hear. I think when I think of the Psalms, I think they are probably most like like metal lyrics in a way. But yet they're only kind of portrayed in a country way. If you ever see anyone putting together oh, this is my the Psalm album that our band has done, it's always kind of like gentle country Coldplay indie style pop rock which is fine but you know there's people like me who want something a bit more inventive and I think that displays who God is too uh, I, I kind of feel I need to keep impressing this because I'm very aware that being in a church or a Christian community there's going to be things that aren't exactly to your taste and you have to bow to the consensus a lot of the time um, and but I, I, I just want more I want more than hills and mountains and rivers and the flowery biblical language that we sing in songs which is true but doesn't mean anything to us we just sing it without thinking it like glory and righteousness and honour and glorified and all these words we sing about God which don't represent the creative God that we love and that's why I like poetry as a form of worship because there were kind of no rules I put, I, I put together a worship poetry anthology called Stones Before the Ocean which draws together poems from people from across the world and from different traditions and even people who wouldn't necessarily consider themselves Christians but believe in God and so they wanted to contribute and why the hell not I was thought one of the best songs that I liked growing up and I had the um, I had the lyrics to this on my wall and I loved it so much was the song Hands by Jewel and that she is not a Christian artist I think she might be a Christian I mean if you wrote that song and you're not a Christian then especially if you're an atheist then that's pretty weird but that song is just so perfect and like it's without any of the religious ease that is commonly used in Christian music nowadays so yeah so anyway I found this band and then on a sort of YouTube wormhole I found out that one of the guys from the band 
had started doing like hardcore metal worship covers and they were just great um, they're still the same songs but they just kind of push that musical edge and I think sometimes like the music needs to reflect the lyrics and there's a power behind that kind of music that you don't get from just someone strumming a, an acoustic guitar with a, a synth pad behind it sometimes you need a bit of someone screaming with love for God I think or otherwise just year, that, that yearning you know that's just the way that you, you need to be sometimes um, you know it just really thought, it made, really made me think this is great and we need more of this and this is just like an independent little guy well, he's probably not little he's probably you know same size as me to be fair but, but it just made me think like this is great and you know I want to support people who are doing that kind of thing um I think there's definitely I think it takes some finding to find it takes it takes some seeking to find something that's different from the popular and it's not necessarily niche either like okay that's a bit niche like the hardcore worship thing but there's loads of stuff out there which I know loads of Christians would love but it's just not there's no money behind it there's no promotion or business behind it it's just people doing it by themselves so there's this guy James Franchise check him out he's amazing um, there's another um, band that I heard a while back which I've come back to again I don't know if these are would call themselves worship but they're certainly Christian lowercase noises they're kind of like instrumental sort of post-rock sort of music and there's no lyrics and sometimes that's perfect um, another one I found was Elanie Baker who just kind of like a chill out feel to the worship a bit more synthy and um, electro-y which is really good and I've just listened to her stuff so much and it's just really encouraged me <laughs> just through the sounds again these aren't people who I mean certainly the instrumental stuff doesn't have any lyrics but you know the James Franchise stuff is covers um, the Eleni Baker stuff it's just simple songs um, some of them are classic sort of worship language and theme but some of them are, are just tweaked a little bit differently and I think when you start to play around with doing things differently then that comes out so um, I find that really encouraging and I, I know for one it's for me I'm definitely influenced by the Christian music that I grew up with and um that's definitely influenced the way I've written songs and I think that's why I've tried to step away from traditional songwriting because I'm very much aware of writing songs which just sound like worship songs in that genre and that's not what I really want to do so there's that um, I also kind of want to mention because I think there's some really great Christian artists 
who are trying different things, who are more popular, um, but for whatever reason, aren't on the rosters of massive record companies. So this is the first thing, this is another thing as well. I was looking at a lot of these bands and most of them are under like three, four or five of the same record companies. And they're all subsidiaries of like Sony and EMI. So it kind of makes you want to pull your hair out in a way because it makes you think that it isn't God led in a way. If someone at the top of Sony is calling the shots, then how is that good? It just seems like a business transaction. But that's why I love these guys who I've just mentioned, and then also the people who were popular and for whatever reason have become kind of sidelined but are still doing really interesting stuff. So... Um, I've only got two actually but I'm sure there's more that I could think of I've had more time but Kevin Max who used to be in DC Talk what he is doing is amazing and he's really exploring his art and trying different things and expressing his faith and um, challenging the status quo as well so if you've not keyed into any Kevin Max for a while then do that definitely um, and also I don't know why I've got the two Kevins but Kevin Prosh now Kevin Prosh was on the scene when I was kind of into like the worship leader and stuff and that and then um, I think back then it was a little too weird for me and I was just basically into delirious, but yeah, he kind of really experiments with different things. I did buy an album by Kevin Prosh, which was kind of an instrumental, spontaneous album, which I was kind of into that side of things, obviously because I was into creating the space for worship. And I found his album, um, I forget the name of it, Friends, something about Friends, but that was really, um, really a great album and inspirational and that's he's someone who has continued to do interesting things musically and doesn't obey the rules of music now I know Kevin Prosh kind of became a bit damaged goods because there was a bit of a, a thing but you know so same thing with King David so you know I think I don't know whether that influenced or the the career of Kevin Prosh I remember being at Soul Survivor and it came out the news came out about Kevin Prosh which I'm not going to repeat because it's done and it's nothing to do with me but it came out and there was a big like outcry well I think there was there was just like it was like gossip people were like oh I can't believe it Kevin Prush but it's a shame because you know he's he's you know repented of what happened and he's doing great stuff so I can recommend that 
and there's loads of others, but it's just really hard to find the interesting music, I think. So, but it is there. <laughs> you just need to look for it. And I, I know I hope that what I'm doing creatively is adding to that. And I know it's probably, I'm a, a bit of an old man now in terms of the music industry and doing stuff like that. And for me, it's just kind of about creating. But, you know, I want people to hear what I'm doing and I want people to experience God in a different way. And I want to explore God in a different way. I don't want to just write like, a four chord worship song with some synth behind it and a kind of electro beat which is what the worship is kind of moved into now a little bit but it's still the same it's still the same kinds of songs and right, I just think I want to explore the boundaries of who God is and what faith is and who Jesus is and the Holy Spirit and the you know, I don't think that can be done within the genre of worship music or the genre of Christian music. Um, there's something I feel quite passionate about, I think. Um, see, I've tried different things with people. I've run poetry workshops and um, poetry worship sessions and songwriting sessions and stuff like that and I think I've previously said that I stepped away from worship but as a ministry but I don't think I actually have I think it's kind of working away in the background like it's just not the conventional and I'm quite proud of that and I'm excited about that because I kind of feel I'm going to find different things maybe it takes a bit of rooting around but you know there's independent people putting stuff out on YouTube and people putting stuff on SoundCloud and just releasing stuff independently I don't think you need, you don't need to have the backing of a record company anymore or a Christian record company anymore which seems to have its own problems anyway that's probably just the music industry in general to be fair but you don't need that you know you can just like this you put a podcast out put an album out you can record stuff in your bedroom you can buy studio equipment and record music and write songs and if you're young enough to understand social media and um, all that kind of stuff then you can you can do that you can put it out there I think I've realised this week I was thinking about this I just don't have it because I use social media, I just don't have any friends who <laughs> who have any use for social media or engage in it in the same way as the younger generation do. Like nothing, I don't have any friends who really share or retweet anything. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably where I'm stuck, and I don't have the energy or strength of mind to deal with the rejection to have my stuff. Um, paraded around and trying to get people to like it but I think that's a really good way that you can if you are like that and I don't mean that a negative thing as well it's just that I'm just not 
at that place anymore but I still want to be involved and I feel that I still am involved and even if it doesn't really connect with thousands of people or hundreds of people even or even tens of people even that's a bit depressing but I think if you're listening to this and you enjoy creating and you feel the same then I would say just do it just put yourself out there it's so easy to create content and do YouTube stuff and music and put books out and all that kind of stuff you don't need anyone's permission and that means that some, okay, sometimes people complain that it just means a lot of dross gets out but I think part of the worshipping is that it's, it's, it's got to be for you as well and you're not doing it to gain Dove Awards or anything like that. You're doing it to engage with God. And that's what the creative process is for me a lot of the time. It's engaging with God and that in itself is worship for me. And if other people are on board with that, then that's amazing. Um, but if not, then at least I've still contributed something and created something. And, you know, you can bet your ass you can bet your ass that Jesus doesn't just like Hillsong's style music with synths and uplifting choruses you know God doesn't like one thing and I think we forget that so do what you want create and put stuff out there and hopefully I will find it and hopefully others will find it. Um, I just want to say one last thing now. I'm going to work towards the one-hour boundary. Am I going to do it? I'm not sure I am. Okay. Right, I'm going to try. Okay, I'm back. I bottled it. I bottled it. I had a minute and a bit to go, and I bottled it. I didn't think it was going to get out in time, but I promise this isn't going to be another half-hour bit. But I did want to say, um, as a final thing, I think this is kind of the verbal cast thing is just me putting stuff out there. It's me chatting. It's me blogging, basically. And the fact that anyone listens to it is beyond me. And hopefully if you are listening, they get some stuff out of it. As I said before, even if it's just something to put on while you fall asleep. But um, it's um, something of. I always wanted to have a podcast, and this seems like a, just a pointless excuse to do one. And it is completely self indulgent. And as I say, I don't think, and I don't expect anyone to listen to it, and I don't publicize it. So anyone who does find it, bless you, and thank you for listening. And um, I hope it's okay. But it does make me think about I think it has made me think about where this might go as well and I think I thought about it a little earlier on when I started to put ideas together but I think primarily then I wanted to just have a platform for me to put my own thoughts and stuff out into the world like a blog, that was basically what it was meant to be but I have thought I would love to have conversations with people about creativity so in the same vein as 
what this is about, about creativity and faith, but I'd love to be able to connect even with some of the people I've mentioned in the podcast today. Um, and so I think I'm going to try and do that. I think it's probably a hard sell maybe to get someone to come on cold and I need to figure out the technology of it. So maybe I'll try it with some friends who I know are doing cool stuff and who are Christians and who are creative. Um, I don't know when it will be, but it will be coming up in the future maybe. And I think it's something I'd like to expand this podcast into. I don't know how long I'll be doing this for. And... I don't know if just me talking has legs, but I think that's some it's something that I am interested in doing and just speaking to other people who are similarly minded is something that I'm interested in. Um so I just kinda wanted to say that if there are people out there, if you're someone who's creative and you've listened to this and thought I can't agree with some of what has been said or I don't agree actually if you don't agree then don't get in touch that's, that's probably not worth it because I don't want to get into an argument on on the podcast but you know if you are interested in pushing your creativity pushing your art for the want of being that doesn't make any sense at the risk of being pretentious, pushing your art, exploring who God is, and if you believe that there's more to creativity than the box of Christian music genres, um, then I would love to have you on the podcast. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to help you promote what you're doing and showcase some of what you're doing because I think it's quite hard to make a bit of noise and I've not really seen what now I've tried looking and I'm trying to look for more things like this I don't think there's many even with popular creatives you know I've not really seen a lot of people on podcasts talking about what they do yeah even if you do disagree with me if you are Matt Redman and you would disagree with me, if you are the man who is in charge of Hillsongs, Brian, I think his name is, Brian Houston, is that him? Darlene Zecht? I don't know, one of those lads. If you are them and you completely disagree, then I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to have on the podcast. I'd love to have anyone. I'd love to have a, a, a wider range of people as possible on this podcast in the future to talk about what it means to be creative because I'm interested I'm interested in you know I, as I said as I said I love some of the Hillsong stuff I love some of the modern worship stuff for me it just doesn't you know it doesn't explore I didn't say that I didn't mention the other person David Crowder what a great Christian worship leader he is that's someone who pushes the boundaries of language and sort of inventiveness and sound and is exploring who God is in that 
that's someone who's pushing the boundaries and is doing different stuff so you know <laughs> I don't know where that goes sorry I was a complete diversion um, David Crowder you should listen to David Crowder um, David Crowder band it's great they did a great cover of The Beloved's Deliver Me which was a song I mean that's again that is a great song from like the 90s that's like predates the Worldwide Meshes tribe probably but that is a great song of worship and of faith and it's not by a Christian band so you know I think we need to push the boundaries but yeah as I say if you are someone who is creating who doesn't have a voice and I'd love to hear from you if you're someone who is doing full-time worship ministry and is part of one of these big mega church worship bands now I'd love to hear from you too if you're from a Christian hardcore band I'd love to hear from you if you're a Christian rapper I would love to hear from you if you are making experimental sound poetry sound art for the sake of the glory of God then I'd love to hear from you um, maybe we can collaborate in that instance because that sounds quite interesting but yeah um, that might come up um, I don't know how to link contact at the moment I will say if you go to danielpaulgilbert.weebly.com then I think there's links to my Facebook and stuff there that you can uh, get in contact if you are someone like that I'm kind of wary about opening the floodgates um, you can also get in touch through Facebook at Daniel Paul Gilbert or through Twitter at Actual Dan so I'm putting that out there and seeing what happens I say I might try and engineer it so that I get to interview some people I know and if that works out maybe I'll get to interview some people who I approach like some of the people I've talked about today and hopefully that'll be good I think I need to get better at podcasting first but we're doing kind of alright here is it episode 6 it's not the worst thing I think I said erm a lot today and I probably shouldn't be drinking whilst talking my throat gets so dry though that's the problem with that but yeah whether you're a creative writer a musician an artist a rapper a drama person or actors as they call them a comedian I would love to speak to comedians as well anyone I'm going to talk about that later but um, yes that's the future that's what might happen with this but for now it's just a little chat about the problem with Christian music. It's not been that late, that deep, really, probably, but... Uh, and now I'm waffling. That's the worst bit of it. Now I'm waffling. Yeah. Um, next episode is going to be Christmassy, I think. So... We'll see what happens with that. 
but in the meantime keep creating keep doing interesting stuff so that we can chat and take care bye